All right, welcome back. We haven't done an SC Insight episode for a while. Um, we got Shano or Shed back on. He's starting to become second in charge, I reckon. Mm. So welcome back, mate. Thank you very much. Had a nice trim, ready for the nice occasion, being my first Insight interview. Yes. Yeah, so, um, and let's introduce our guest. Uh, couldn't be much bigger than Ryan Sidebottom. So thanks for joining us, mate. Um, wrapped to have you on. And I, I reckon I messaged you about six months ago and said, let's do it and and I was like, I was a bit pissed, I think, when I said it. And I thought, I hope you remembered it. And you did. And you come through in flying colours. Uh, thanks for having me, boys. Uh, it should be good fun. Absolutely. So what have you, what have you been up to, mate? Obviously, you're back from uh, England at the moment. What's, what's on the agenda? Yeah, so not much going on at the moment. Um, just having a bit of time off and trying to, trying to enjoy my, my holiday back home, I guess. Um, I've just, yeah, just sort of put cricket to bed for a little while and, um, just decided to give my body and my mind a rest, and um, I just yeah, just enjoying the time back home with the family and um, letting the family meet my new little family that I've made over in, in England. So no, it's been good. I've enjoyed it, and um, yeah, haven't quite got bored yet, but I'm getting there, and mm. just in time for Christmas and then to get back over to the UK, mate. Congratulations on being a new dad, mate. Um, Thanks, mate. How yeah. you how you finding it so far? Yeah, it's great. Um, Little Cassidy, she's a she's a star, mate. So she, um, yeah, she's doing really, really well, which which helps. Um, my partner Tash is probably doing most of the work at the moment, but um, no, she's good as gold, and yeah, looking forward to having them back over. Um, they land land this week, so yeah, looking forward to it. Oh, very good, mate. Yeah. So um, I was gonna dive into the cricket, but you've probably talked about cricket enough, mate. I probably want to hear about your footy career. Um, before that so obviously growing up in Shepparton um, playing cricket you've played uh, sorry played footy locally here Um, played for Shep United uh, when you were younger played for King Upner as well before that yeah so growing up out at Tally um, obviously one of five boys mate so um, it was pretty competitive in the back garden and um, yeah you soon got sick of losing pretty quick so you had to find ways to win and and the only way to, to, to do that was to get better so um, yeah, played um, my junior footy at King Gutner, so under under fourteens in the fourths and thirds, uh, up until under seventeens at King Gutner, and then um, yeah, moved moved back to Tally um, to play my last year of under eighteens, and um, did that, and and played another couple of years of senior footy um, there, and then and then yeah, moved into into United and played with Tice, my older brother, and um, was lucky enough to play in the twenty. 10 premiership and um yeah had two years at united and then um sort of cricket started to take over a bit and uh i moved to melbourne and i was back and forth and um i wasn't going to play footy in 2012 but um i stupidly come home after after an injury of, of cricket i had a stress fracture in my back and um i, I missed all of that sort of 2011, 2012 summer of cricket. I only played the first sort of handful of games and, and missed the rest of that. But um, I'll come back in the, in the foot preseason and sort of uh, I went and watched one of the preseason games and got a bit itchy feet and decided to end up pulling the boots on. Which yeah, I wasn't going to. I wasn't planning on it. But um, yeah, it probably turned out to be one of my better years of footy, to be honest. Yeah. So were you always sort of cricket oriented in the fact that that was the way that you wanted to shoot, or you thought you were better in it? Or did it just sort of come at later life? How did you sort of figure that out? Uh, I, I would say cricket chose me. I didn't necessarily chose cricket. Um, 
for anyone that doesn't know, I was a very small kid. Uh, I never grew till I was sort of 19, 20 years old. So I was always the, the little bloke that got picked sort of in the, in the last sort of half a dozen um, of every team that I reckon I've ever played in. And, um, and then, yeah, sort of turned 18, 19 and then grew and then my cricket sort of improved and my footy improved. And, and then, yeah, as I've sort of matured, sort of, I think cricket um, probably, yeah, overtook footy. And um, I guess it was probably more that the results I was having in the cricket sort of drove the passion a little bit more. And I was probably, um, yeah, going a lot better at cricket than what I was at the football at the time. And then sort of, yeah, got a, got an opportunity to sort of pursue it in Melbourne. And, um, yeah, it was a pretty pretty good decision in the long run to, to sort of go down and give it a crack, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So being a little bit smaller, you probably played on the wing then, did you? Or yeah, forward pockets in the juniors and the fourths? Yeah, in the juniors, I was normally the back pocket. So back pocket. I was a little, Reliable defender? Yeah, I was the little mouth that didn't – and he never shut up. I was <laughs> everyone and, um, yeah, just had a bit of a go. And then sort of as I got a little bit older, I got up on the wing and then sort of – all the way through up until I sort of finished at United, um, I was always sort of pigeonholed into the wing. I sort of was a bit in and out of the first and seconds at United over the two years I was there. And um, I remember the uh, Matt Marnie, who was coaching at United in the twos at the time, he was like, I'm, I'm just going to play everywhere because I don't want you just to feel like you're pigeonholed. I want the you know Mark Quarrell, who was a coach at United, to see where you can play. You can play everywhere. You can play forward, back, whatever. So... Um, he that was good. It gave me a bit of an opportunity, and then um, I don't know. I don't know how and why it sort of come about. But when I played at Kingatner, I played sort of key forward, so I was either centre half forward or or uh, or full forward. And um, sort of the further we got into the season, the more I sort of the deeper I got to full forward. And um, yeah, did all right, mate. Yeah, you did. Um, I'll get into that story soon, but. Uh, within that, in, in this period of time that you're playing footy and stuff, are you are you thinking about cricket and basically could you ever have dreamt that you sort of would have gone down this sort of a path in any sort of aspect? No, not really. I was, yeah, I was. I never thought I was ever good enough to, to go to Melbourne to play cricket to start with, let alone yeah. go any further than that. Um, you know, being, being a country lad, you play cricket in the summer and footy in the winter and that's what I was doing and... Um, I guess it was never really until I um, I got sat down by one of my good mates in Melbourne who I was playing first-team cricket with at Carlton, Nick Austin. Um, he sort of sat me down and and just opened my eyes a little bit to the to the opportunity that I had ahead of me. If I sort of knuckled down and gave it a red-hot crack, then, you know, the the opportunity that was in, in front of me was sort of bigger than I sort of envisaged. So... Uh, I guess I'll probably owe him a beer for that, but yeah, until until that conversation, no, I was I just was yeah, just a bloke that wanted to play cricket on a on a Saturday in the summer and a bloke that wanted to play footy in the winter. Yeah, absolutely. But with that season in 2012 in the Murray League, uh, I was playing thirds at the time. Um, I was probably a bit of a lippy kid myself, but you kicked 58 goals in 22 games, which is an average of 4.8 for those that are listening. But uh, there's one day that sort of sticks out to me, and uh, I think we spoke about this when we had a few sherbets last time that I seen you. And yeah, you kicked 11 this day, and I reckon that's when you were starting to push yourself down a little bit more forward. And I don't know if you had, I reckon you might have had one or something at half time. I can't remember exactly what it was. I can't remember how many it was at half time, but I think I played 10 games that day, not 22. 
I only played half a season. Oh, yeah, you're sorry, you're right. <laughs> Get that, bump that average up a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 12, 12 games. 12, yeah. 12 games. Um, but no, I'd, I, I think I had a few sort of up and – I had probably three or four up until um, half time, and then uh, it sort of, yeah, just sort of snowballed. I had – I think I remember if I had nine straight and then was never really thought about it and then, yeah, got a little bit nervous and kicked a couple of points. But uh, I was good enough or lucky enough to get – Another couple of opportunities and, and kicked the couple, but yeah, that was one of the better days that we had that year. So it was, um, yeah, one of the good ones. So then um, from that period of time, like obviously only playing the 12 games of the year, um, and then Vic- Victoria Cricket comes sort of knocking, or you sort of looked at the opportunities there. Did you sort of go, well, I can't play for the rest of the year, or was it put upon you that you can't play footy anymore if you want to pursue this? No, it was my decision. Um, I had a good couple of chats with the guys that involved in Carl- at Carlton Cricket Club at the time. And again, it was going back to the, the conversation I had with Nick. Um, it, it was sort of put on me that, yes, you can keep playing and that's fine, but it only takes for someone to fall over in front of you and you've done your knee, then your opportunities are gone. So uh, they went sort of down that angle and that actually opened my eyes a little bit to say, oh, hang on a minute, if I, if I keep playing footy, I'm probably not – doing myself any justice and I'm not going to give myself the best chance to give cricket 100% of a crack. So I sort of – I made the decision. Yeah, it was sort of led by by Carlton, but it, at the end of the day it was my decision and I'll, like, I think it turned out to be a pretty good one. But uh, at the time it was pretty tough because obviously we were going really well at King Gupner and um, and, yeah, I had to sort of stand up in front of – the whole group really and just and explain that um yeah I had a few blokes try and talk me out of it but I'd had my mind set and you know I I just explained it and I said if I don't do it now I'm not doing myself any justice and I need to give it a I don't want to I don't want to look back in 10 years time and not give it a hundred percent and and yeah I don't want to regret anything like that so you don't want to be the guy that's sitting there at the bar saying oh, I could have been this I could have been that without exactly right that yeah. opportunity yeah. well You've had your own uh, highlight playing in the United flag, but I cast my mind back and there's I think there's a photo in the tally footy rooms of when they might have won a flag in 2005 or whatever and you happen to be a water boy or a runner or something like that. And I remember being there that day and some uh, claret must have got in your eye because they were watering a little bit, jumping on the... Jumping on top of the pack with the celebrations, obviously yeah, being a tally boy yourself. Yeah, so obviously growing out, growing up out there, I spent quite a bit of time annoying the crap out of everyone out there, being a young bloke. But um, yeah, we'd been we'd been to I think it was it was Tokemore. We went to Tokemore for one of one of Rusty's finals in the thirds at King Upner there, and then we drove across to to Lancaster to watch the boys, the three older boys, Trent Tyson and Josh, play in their grand final, and. Um, yeah, they were short a water boy, so I was just said, "Yeah, right, no worries, I'll I'll get on and do it." And usually, those are snapped up pretty quick in grand finals. Yeah, they, so usually? No, I got, yeah, got got asked to do it, so I did it, and yeah, probably got a little bit carried away, but <laughs> no, I was just I was just really happy for for the boys, not only just not only my brothers, but all the guys that had put so much in to that club, not just that year, but you know the guys that have done it for years yeah. on end. So it was a bit of a drought breaker that one, was it? Or yeah, I think it was thirty odd. Years maybe yeah, something shit, yeah, yeah mid thirties high thirties maybe but yeah so no that was that was good and then um, yeah the boys celebrated pretty hard after that I think accordingly you'd think <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't quite old enough to play them, so. so then um, 
Moving on from the uh, sort of towards into your Carlton days and then looking towards getting into the Victorian side, um, sort of run us through that and um, basically how you probably sort of grew a little bit of belief and sort of um, earning that contract and eventually playing your first game. Yeah, so I sort of I got asked to go down and, and do a couple of training sessions in the winter. Oh, yeah, in the winter in in Melbourne and. Um, I decided to do it and, and actually really enjoyed it and the guys were great so they got me involved and everyone was really welcoming so it made the decision quite easy to go down and, and, and play. Um, so, yeah, moved down in sort of 2010-11 summer and had a, you know, just started in the third 11 and um, sort of, yeah, played the first couple of games there and then progressed into the second team and was lucky enough to be a replacement player for Evan Golbus who was – on Victorian duty at the time, they were playing a, a one-day Ryobi Cup final and um, so he missed the first week of a two-day game. So I played that week and then went back to the seconds in the second week. So got a little bit of a taste of it in my first year and, I, and you know, it sort of lit the fire a little bit and sort of gave me a little bit of belief that maybe I could do it. And, um, and then, yeah, sort of had a full pre-season the next season and and started and played the first five games, I think it was, and then ended up with a stress fracture in my back. So that was a little bit sort of a kick in the guts, but that's the way it goes sometimes. You know, sport's not all sunshine and rainbows. You've got to deal with some adversity before you can get to the good stuff. And, um, yeah, sort of, again, went back to play footy, probably whether it was right or wrong decision, I don't know, but I, I did it. And, um, yeah, went back, did another full pre-season with Carlton and played that played the whole year that year um, and, and got asked to play a few second-team games along the way with Victoria and, and did all right, and um, yeah, was was lucky enough to be picked in a Sheffield Shield squad to go to Tassie in the last game of the year. And um, as I sort of remember it, I think I was told that I was being picked in the squad just to get a, a taste of what it's like to be around a Sheffield Shield squad. And um, so, sort of went over to Tassie thinking that I wasn't a chance of playing at all. And um, yeah, it wasn't till about half an hour before the game started, I got. Cameron White, who was the captain at the time, coming over and shaking my hand and wishing me all the best and telling me we're, we're bowling. So I didn't have a lot of time to to get nervous, which was probably a good thing. But I wish I sort of I wish I could remember more of that of that those four days. But yeah, it was definitely a pretty whirlwind sort of last two or three months of the year for sure. I was playing a lot of cricket, taking a lot of time off work, and um, yeah, so. How does um what does like Victorian interest look like? Does that just look like you're playing your Carlton games and then all of a sudden the Carlton team manager goes, "Hey, do they want to have a chat to you?" Or does someone come down and have a look at you? Or yeah, so there's um so there'd be a handful of selectors that that I don't know whether they get paid for their job or their volunteers or whatever. I don't know, but they go around and they watch a lot of the Premier cricket and um and if you're doing pretty well, then you get asked to go and represent them in the second eleven and. I did that. I played oh, a handful of games that year and uh, and did all right. Like I don't think I set the world on fire, but I did okay. And um, and yeah, I never really sort of thought I was going to go any further than that. I think I played a, a one day game against the England Lions with a few of the current Test players playing in it, and um, it was all just sort of it was all exciting because it was all new and fresh. And and I tried not to take I was trying not to take the opportunity for granted, but um, yeah, you couldn't help but get sort of caught up in it and I was loving every minute of it and then... Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but 
yeah, being picked to go to Tassie in the Sheffield Shields squad was was obviously one of the highlights. But um, yeah, I never thought I was ever a chance of playing, and yeah, to have have him come and shake my hand about half an hour before the game starts. Because there's a little bit of a loaded big squad at the time, wasn't it? Like James Pattinson would have been around then. Yeah, was he? so James Pattinson, Peter Siddle. I think Sids was away on a tour at the time. Paddo might have been injured. We had John Hastings, Clint Mackay, um, Scott Boland was in the squad at that time, who's now playing test cricket. Uh, Jade Herrick played a bit of white ball cricket for Victoria. He's in the squad at the time. So we had a pretty good time. We had a pretty good team. And um, yeah, being told that you bowl on the second over. I was pretty pretty nerve wracking. Into the then, wind, yeah. I was, I was <laughs> originally going to be into the wind, but then the bowling coach came out and said, "No, you got the first one down, breeze, mate." So oh, I was like, fuck. "What? Can I have the third one?" <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty nerve wracking standing at the top of your mark, that's for sure. No oh, shit. So um, after that sort of period, you had a few stress fractures in your feet and ankles. Is that right? Yeah. So um, I guess the step up in workload and. Um, my body, my body probably didn't handle it as well as I would have liked. Um, you know, going from a club cricketer who trains probably twice a week and then plays on a Saturday to going into a professional environment where you're probably having three or four gym sessions a week, a couple of running sessions, as well as in summer you're probably doing two or three net sessions a week as well. So you, the workload goes spiking through the roof and my body probably didn't handle it as well as I would have liked. And, um, yeah, I had a, had a couple of ankle sort of – I don't – impingement in my left ankle which we um we needed to operate on and then we found out i had quite a big couple of bone spurs in the front which we waited until the end of the following season to get them done but by the time i'd sort of got them done i had a stress fracture in my right foot and stuff as well so it was yeah a little bit of a frustrating couple of years then and um got back and sort of was trying to trying to push the case for another contract but um, yeah, it didn't quite sort of eventuate. So the three and a half you had there was they were great, but I was I wish I sort of got a crack at it. Got a bit thing. more of a crack at it. Yeah, had a few more opportunities, but they weren't they were never never to be seen. So did you sort of in that, throughout that period sort of go okay, sort of I've missed the boat here. Um, you know, do you know, go back to whether it be Shep cricket or whatever it could have been, or did you still have the belief in you once you got your body right? Um. No, I, don't, I think I was just sort of I was sort of annoyed at myself that I kept getting injured. Really, it was no one else's fault. Yeah, um, but I just sort of yeah, almost fell out of love with the game a little bit once sort of I got those injuries because it sort of thought one had come and then I'd get over that and be right to go. But then another one sort of come and then another one and another one and they sort of snowballed into a, into a point where. I wasn't really asked about it anymore. Like I finished up with Victoria and yes, I still wanted to keep going and do it because I'll, that was just me. I, I wasn't ready to stop. And, yep. Um, but the opportunities elsewhere interstate weren't there. So I, yeah, just went back to Premier Cricket and sort of said to myself, you know what, stuff it. I'm just going to go back and I'm going to find myself again. I'm going to enjoy cricket again. And and looking back, I think, I, I think I've got you know, close to around 50 wickets that year for for Carlton, played another couple of second eleven games back end of the season, and um, yeah, probably had my my most consistent year for for Carlton that year for sure. And then got an opportunity to go and play club cricket in England. So, with obviously the injuries as a side, like getting from that, do you think that it was 
to do with the mindset, like you said, the switch and going, you know, I'm going to really either give this a crack or do rehab properly. Was it sort of to, to do with the mindset or it was just a bit of luck at the time with your body? Um, I think my body matured a bit more. I think yeah, like going into that sort of setup, I'd been pretty – pretty raw in terms of the gym. I don't think I'd ever seen a gym, let alone <laughs> gym step, beam. step foot yeah. in one. Um, so it took a little bit for, for my body to adjust to that. And then by the time I'd finished with Victoria, I think my body had matured a bit and I was actually able to bowl sort of for longer periods and 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 back it up more often. So um, I think, yeah, looking back, I probably matured a bit more with my body and my mind a little bit as well. So it was just sort of, yeah, a bit of both. But um, yeah, I still look back at my time with Victoria and think, you know, I'm I'm the lucky one because I, I got to do it. Like there's guys that are probably better than me that haven't got an opportunity to go and represent their state or you mm. know do any of that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I, I guess it was sort of having a good conversation with a good few close friends and mentors and stuff that sort of switched that mindset around. But yeah, looking back, I'm I'm still the lucky one for sure. Mm. Well, you said that um, county cricket or uh, English cricket came knocking. How does that come about? Like, obviously, knocking down the door at Carlton, having a great season. Do they come looking every year or do they send a scout type thing? Does that work? No, I sort of um, – I was keen to go over um, in 2015, I think it was, when I ended up with my stress fracture in my right foot, which sort of put a line through that pretty quickly. But – um, there was an agency um, that do a little bit of sort of player placement over there and um, Brendan McArdle, who's played a little bit of state cricket in, in Victoria and stuff, he he does a little bit of that from the Australian side. He sort of works with the agency and they sort of work together to try and put players into into clubs that, that want to go over and experience it. So I was looking forward to going over there and unfortunately my, my foot didn't allow that and um, we sort of I sort of kept in contact with a couple of guys in England and um, now a good friend of mine, Gareth Davies, he's a Welsh lad that lives in, in sort of the village I do now and um, he was over playing club cricket over here. I think he was playing for Plenty Valley at the time and he happened to, he happened to walk around the cricket ground one day that we were playing and um, I think it bowled and bowled all right and we come off and we were batting and, and somehow I got chatting to him and, and we sort of hit it off there and he sort of helped me sort of get in contact with the Berkswell Cricket Club and um, nut out a deal. And, yeah, that's sort of the rest is history. Went over and had a great time and, um, yeah, I'm still there. So so from just a walking around to the cricket oval to completely changing your life. Yeah, so I think the guys that um, that worked for the agency had sort of spoken to Berkswell already in 2015 and I was going to go there anyway, but they sort of, yeah, they were like, well, he's come back, he's fit, he's ready to go, do you want him? And they're like, yeah, let's go, yeah, absolutely, let's have him. And um, Honestly, I've loved it. I've fallen on my feet. I've got a great bunch of friends, um, not only the guys that I play with, but the older guys that are around the club, the volunteers that, you know, spend their weekends watching us play cricket and helping us do that. I've Yeah, I, I love it. I can, I can go down on a, on a Friday night and have – a few beers with the older guys, the older members, the past players and stuff, and I can go on a Saturday and, and enjoy my Saturday and have a few beers with the boys that I play with. So it's great. Like I, I've loved every minute of it. and um, Yeah, I don't think I could have gone to a better club, to be honest. I think there's also, um, with in regards to what you were talking about, a reoccurring theme as well, though. Like 
yes, that guy might have been walking past to see it, but sort of a resilience point of view, like it's over a, quite a, a span of years that you sort of chipped and chipped away at it, and I think that's probably a testament to yourself as well to be able to do that. So um, I think that's why the insight's good to have is to recognise that it's been a bloody good effort just to even get over there and do that, but let alone what we're about to get into and talk about what you've done. So uh, that's great work from there. But uh, you, so in 2017 you swung with um, – Warwick Shoe, is that how you say it? Yeah, Warwick Shoe, yeah. I'm yeah, glad I said so. it right. I nearly looked up the pronunciation on Google just before to make sure, but I was like, no, nah, I'm going to try and stick with my guns and see how I go with it. So, um, again, are they sort of an affiliate club of them to step up to it or is it, again, a scouting sort of thing? Yeah, so it's like it's like the setup here. So, Berksville are sort of – they're in the Birmingham Premier League, which is like the, the, the Melbourne Premier League in um, sort of the district cricket in, in Melbourne. So, they're the highest sort of club competition you can get into before you go sort of any Contracts further than that. And, yeah. So um, our captain at the time, Dom Osler, who was a Warwickshire legend, he sort of he's upwards of nearly twenty thousand runs for the club, and um, yeah, played for them for almost twenty years, and yeah, it was an absolute gun. And he sort of said to me, he he goes, "You've got to be a bear." And um, before I'd even sort of got to Berkshire and got to England. The guys at Victoria sort of they have the odd contact here and there, and I remember Cam White ask he sent me a text and he goes, "Are you going to England this year?" And I was like, "Yeah, I am." And he goes, "Do you mind if I let the guys at Northampton know?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, all right, no worries, not a problem." So before I'd even got to England, I already had the head coach and DOC of Northampton Cricket County Cricket Club getting contact with me to say, you know, we want you to come and play. Second team cricket, we want you to trial for us and, you know, we want to have a look and, and see how you go about it. And yeah. So I said, yes, I'd do that. Um, I said I'd obviously want a bit of time to adjust before I commit to playing, you know, the, the second team stuff and got there, settled in and got to know the guys at Berkswell and, and um, yeah, just wanted to sort of find my feet a little bit and then, um, yeah, got, got asked to play there and played a f- handful of games for them. Uh, midweek, so I was sort of we'd start on a Tuesday, finish on a Thursday, three day cricket, and then I'd drive back on a Thursday night, Friday, and um, play on a Saturday, and then sort of go and do that again. And and then the guys at Berkshire sort of caught wind that I was doing that with Northant, so Dom sort of put me in the direction of the the guys at Warwickshire, and went down had a couple of net sessions, and got asked to play in the second team, and and did all right. And I remember my first game for. Second team for Warwickshire. I didn't even bowl a ball. I didn't face a ball. We lost the toss and got sent in on a green one, and we were two for two fifty after day one, and it rained day two and three. So I was never even involved. But James Pattinson, who was at Victoria, I was at Victoria with. He was at Knotts, and I'd seen him floating in and out of the game. So I got to have a catch up with him and have a chat with him. And then he's like, "Give me a number," and like. 22 hours later, he's texted me and said, oh, I've given you your number to the Knots guys. So I played a game for Knots in the second team. I only played one. But um, they after I played that game, they had a sort of big break and then Warwickshire started up again. So, um, yeah, went back and played for Warwickshire and, and did quite well. I remember we went up to up to Durham, up to Newcastle, and um, we played two T20s on the Monday. Um, I took... Five for in the first one and one for 24 in the second one and they got 220 in the second game. So bowled really well. And then the three-day game started Tuesday and took five for 30-odd in the first innings. And that was sort of the, the, 
the start of it where the conversation sort of got a little bit more serious with Warwickshire and then um, on the way back, the coach of Northants second team rang me and said, can you play next week? We play Warwickshire in, in Birmingham. We want you to play for us. And I sort of said, no, um, I'm committed to Warwickshire. I've already said that I'd play. I've been playing with them this week. And he goes, yeah, yeah, no worries. And um, to be fair, we had a pretty stacked team that game. We had Jonathan Trott and Tim Ambrose who've played test cricket. Chris Wokes was coming back from injury. So he played Ollie Stone. Um, so we had a, a really good team and took a couple in the first innings. And um, I remember Chris Wokes and Ollie Stone were coming back off injury. So they were on restrictions of how many overs they could bowl and, um, we only had eight overs to bowl at them overnight. So myself and Chris Wright, who was the other seamer, we opened the bowling and we had them four down overnight. And the coach was like, oh, well, you've earned the right to have another go. And I took the next six and ended up with eight for and ten for the match. And that sort of was the was the the sort of the, the thing that got me over the line, I think. I had a conversation with Ashley Giles, the DOC at Warwickshire that, that night and had a meeting with him the next day and got offered a contract and, yeah, sort of. It all happened, re- yeah, pretty quickly. So, when after that had it happened, did you have a bit of a reflection on where you sort of come from and how you sort of got to where you were? I'm just sort of curious to know from my point of view. Sort of, it's just like I'm playing cricket for Caramomus at one point. I'm then playing for um, Carlton. I'm then playing a little bit for Victoria, back to Carlton, and then all of a sudden, like you just said, you've taken eight for and ten for for the match, um, and across the other side of the world, mind you. Um, do yeah, you, I guess. Have you had a? Have you even? Not guess, necessarily that game. Have you had a reflection in general? I guess at the end of that season, when I actually got home and sort of seen family and friends, it sort of hit me then because everyone was so like pleased for me. And, yeah, but I'd never really stopped to think about sort of the significant significance of what had sort of happened. Um, yeah. So yeah, it probably wasn't until the when was it the October of 2017 that I actually got to stop and sort of smell the roses a little bit and think mm. actually that's, you know, I've. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're probably still in that mode of, all right, onto the next thing, onto yeah. the next thing. What can I do next? And absolutely. That is that. Like as soon as you finish one game, you're into the next and then you're into the next. And that's the, that's the English season, especially County cricket anyway, is there's so much cricket over there that you you're only getting a day or two in between. Yeah, getting before the games. rain comes in. Yeah, well, that and, you know, you're training a couple a day or two before the game. So, you know, by the time you play a four-day game, you have a day or two off and then you train again. You're into the next game and it's another week down. And yeah. So everything happens pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, I, I probably wasn't – I would say it's probably not until the October when I got home that I could actually sit down and think, you know what, I'm actually you know pretty proud of myself here that I've, you know, not only not only represented Warwickshire, but I actually I went went overseas, went out of Shepherd and out of Melbourne. It was only the second time I'd been out of the country, and I was over there for seven seven and a half months, I think it was, and um, yeah, loved every minute of it. And that was probably the proudest thing I've done was actually to just to go, yeah, just mm. to commit to it and just say, you know what, I'm cracking, I'm going, mm. I'm going to just go for a life experience. It wasn't the be all and end all to get. A county contract or anything like that, but there was a little thought in my mind that there's half a chance here. So if I don't do it, then I'm going to go go down that route of regretting not giving it a crack. And I just thought, stuff it, let's go. And I probably had the best sort of six or eight months of yeah 
of my life, let alone cricket career. Because yeah, yeah of a few venues of where where we played and stuff of that year. So. Well, that was next. So your debut was at Lords. Yeah. Um, so there's a bit of a, f- a funny story about that. So before I'd even signed at Warwick, I know we were playing South Africa that summer in England, and they were at Lords, and I was like, you know what, I want to go to Lords. Because you can't go to England and not go to Lords. Yeah, like that's if you're a cricket fan, you have to go and see the home of cricket. It's it's unbelievable. But, I don't write that down for my trip. I have to go to Lords. <laughs> uh, yeah, so looked online to try and buy a ticket to go to the daily cricket, and it was two hundred and fifty pounds. And I was like, you know what? I like cricket, but I don't like it that much. Yeah, like I'm not made of money. <laughs> Cross that one off and, my list. <laughs> um, yeah, so I sort of I ended up going to London anyway, and I I did the other sites and stuff around the area and. Um, yeah, little little to be known. Six weeks later, I've signed a professional contract for Warwickshire, and I'm debuting at Lords. Yeah, not sitting in the stand, getting no, paid yeah. to be there. I'm actually, walking out on the Hello Turf, and mm. um, the one thing that oh, there's a couple of things that I won't forget, but one of them is just how much that place oozes class and it oozes history, and like it is so eerie that. Scary nearly. Yeah, that you can actually get there and then you walk onto the ground and everyone knows about the slope at Lords, but you don't realise how big that slope is until you actually get on the ground. So from one end to the other, it's like six foot. Yeah, yeah. dookie footy over, it sounds like. It's worse. <laughs> yeah, right. So you could, be, you could be at fine leg at one stage and you could be literally eye line at the base of the stumps. And that's and if it gets past you down the slope, you you're gone. Oh, it, so it's six foot from the point. middle to one side, not no, from, from side to side. Yeah, from side to side. Yeah, you can see yeah. you can sort of see like the fence is like this big on one side and yeah. then the other. So side. So if you look at like, if you look at a picture of the pavilion end, you can see it starts on. If you're looking at a picture from the right hand side, that's the high side, and then it slopes down away to the left. And yeah, it's so it's cr- special that place is. Would you? It's probably it's probably hard to say in a way because you've probably got those memories of what you've done there, but Lords versus the MCG. So I've only ever played a practice game at the MCG. I've never actually played a proper game for points at the MCG. So we played a um, a, a Premier Cricket eleven versus the Melbourne Stars in a T Twenty warm up before the Big Bash. So uh, I think there was a couple of thousand school kids there, but yeah, it, yeah, that was pretty special, and that's something that I'll hold close to my. My heart, but the MCG is great, but Lords is just it's on another level. It's pure it's, cricket ground. Yeah, it's it's home cricket. Like, yeah, you can't you can't compare with that. So no, there you go. But no, it was like yeah, it was actually it was pretty pretty strange because I went and did sort of four of the big five six test venues in in England that summer. So I went from Lords to Old Trafford to Edgebaston to Headingley and then back to Edgebaston. So it was pretty remarkable how you go from, you know. Going over there to play for a, a little, little club. Bloke, a little bloke grew up in Tallygaroot and was over in England playing on all the test venues. It was pretty pretty surreal. Yeah. What are the Out of those other venues, what ones do you probably prefer or have enjoyed playing on? Well, my, probably my best results have been at Lords, but um, – they're all sort of different. I know Old Trafford was flat because it was the back end of the season and all the test venues have a load of cricket on them. So I think we might have even played on a used wicket and it was pretty tough work. I think we got belted by just about an innings against um, Lancashire that year. I think Liam Livingston got 100 and Shiv Chandipal got – he got oh, sorry, Liam Livingston got 200 and Shiv Chandipal got 100 and 
yeah, so we were chasing a fair bit of leather that that game, and um, edge busting is quite special. I think when when you actually get to see an international game or a test match at Edge Baston, you see how special that place is because it's more of the it's more of the party scene. Everyone has a good time while they're there. You've got the Holly Stand, which is awesome. Like people dress up and have a great time, and it's more of a relaxed vibe where Lords is quite serious, the traditional, quite serious and traditional, and um, yeah, where Edge Baston have sort of you know, embraced that sort of party element side of, of the sport and, and embraced it really and ran with it. And yeah, it's a good place to watch cricket and, you know, it's not a bad place to, to be based out of either where you work, you, you walk into work, you get to see it every day. And mm. yeah, a bad day at, a bad day at edge bus at the cricket or at training is probably a better day than sat behind a desk. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. What about uh, yeah, the sightseeing that you would have done over there in your time as well? You've been to the soccer yeah, um, well, football, you'd be saying football yeah. now. Um, yeah. Do you follow a team? Do you, are you into it that much? Yeah, I've, I've support Norwich City. Um, so Ollie Stone, who I'm good friends with, I lived with for a little while, and he's Norwich born and bred, so he sort of sucked me into su- supporting them. But my Canaries. Yeah, the Canaries. And, but my partner, Tash, is a, is a Leeds supporter, and her, all her family are Leeds, so they're trying to convert me over, but which – it won't happen. Uh, wow, well, Tanya, they're supposed to be at the moment. We all picked a side at the start of the year, and like, because I'm going near that area, I was like, "Well, I'm going to go for Leeds then." And it's had some ups and downs, as they say in the song. But uh, yeah, yeah. So Tanya. no, it's a good place to go and watch. I actually got to got to a game last year, Leeds Norwich, and um, are they rivals? Not really. No. Not really. Um, you either love or you hate Leeds. They're a bit mm. like sort of Collingwood, Collingwood over here. Yeah. Uh, you either love them or you hate them, but. Yeah, I think Leeds scored early on. They were 1-0 up and then Norwich equalised in the 91st and it was all silent and then Leeds won in the 95th and the whole, like the roof nearly came off. It was buzzing. <laughs> like it was, yeah, it was something something I've never sort of experienced before but it was awesome. Like it was great to experience but I've been, yeah, lucky enough to get to a few of the bigger grounds as well. I've been to Old Trafford to watch Man United. Um, I've been to Liverpool a couple of times. Um, I've been up to the... To the home of the Canaries at Carrow Road a few times and, um, yeah, so it's been good. I've been able to sort of enjoy that side of things and, um, yeah, travel over to Dublin a couple of times. I love Dublin and got to Montenegro. So Europe's sort of on your doorstep over there. You're only sort of – you fly, four, what, four and a half hours, you get to Perth from Melbourne where you fly four and a half hours, you're on the other side of Europe. So yeah, you've exactly. sort of got the world on your doorstep there and if you – yeah, if you don't take the opportunity to do it while you're there, you're never going to do it really, are you? So. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any favourite destinations throughout Europe that you've been to as well? Uh, I love Dublin. That was awesome. Like, yep. We had a great weekend there. Um, Montenegro was lovely. Um, we went there for a week. Um, uh, we went to Alacal. Ala we flew into Alicante. We went to La Manga for our pre-season cricket tour. That was that was. Okay, like we didn't obviously get to do too much sightseeing over there, but the weather was great. And yeah, um, besides that, it's probably been yeah in and around sort of England that I've I've sort of done most of my touring. It's been been quite hard to get away and um, see too much of it. So with the, uh, obviously having to play at Lords, play at the, at the level that you have, um, it's a bit of a name drop thing, but it's a positive thing in a way, like. Someone that you might have been starstruck by, um, someone you got to bowl to, someone you've got to 
uh, bowl next to when you're playing with them. Taking, who their, was, taking their wicket. Yeah, taking their wicket, <laughs> a bit of a bunny. But, yeah, who are the people along the way that you've, you've scored like, like as you're going up to bowl, you're going, I'm bowling up to this bloke, you know? Yeah, so I remember uh, my one and only game for Victoria, I – I ended up. I got my one and only wicket for the game, which was Mark Cosgrove, and then the legend yes. himself. Yeah. <laughs> Big no, uh, so yeah, got him, and then out walks the ex Australian captain Ricky Ponting. That was oh. pretty scary. Okay. I yeah, I remember just standing there looking starstruck and. Big Hasto come over, give me a pat on the bum, and he was like, "You'll be right, cock. Don't worry. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're going really well." And um, I think he peeled off 100 in the first innings and 80 not out in the second innings. But um, to be able to sit down with him post-game and have a, have a good chat and have a few beers with him, and um, that was something that I'll, I'll hold close. But um, there's been, there's been uh, a long list of players that I've, I've played with and against that have uh, played international cricket and, and stuff like that. I'm still, in good, I'm still in touch with Ian Bell, who captained my first game at Warwickshire. He's, he's one of... One of my mates over there who lives in the same village, and um, Jonathan Trot we mentioned earlier, um, Wokesy Shiv Chanderpool, he played. I played against him. Um, yeah, there's there's probably too many to remember, but there's yeah, it's been it's been a hell of a journey, that's for sure. Best pole then. Best Who's, pole. Yeah, who'd you get out? Uh, Manus. Yeah, you get Manus out. Yeah, Manus was. He'd be right up there, yeah. Had him drop twice behind the wicket. Bought <laughs> <Before the> cover. <laughs> so it was um, a bit frustrating, but it would have been nice if the first slip had a caught the first one. He was only on about 20. So, so it happens everywhere he plays. It's not just in the test arena. Yeah, he gets yeah, a bit of luck. It's, oh, well, he fair, makes them. Fair play to him. He gets the luck, but he, he, but he goes on Capitalises on it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do you mind if he asks a couple of questions for the SE faithful? Um, Can do. We've got a few that will have come in today, so I haven't actually read them. First one, of course, is from Andrew Dalton asking if he does he bowl fast, and I know <laughs> what he's referring to there. Um, and what, then, what is what is the highest you've been clicked at though? Uh, so it was a one forty point nine, I think it was. Um, it was at Edgebaston against Essex, who ended up winning the championship that year. Um, we were on Sky, and um, yeah, so got. Got clocked. I don't get clocked very often just because they don't have the speed guns out all the yeah. time. But if you're yeah. lucky enough to get on TV, you, they'll have them every now and again. But, um, got to throw them down when you need to. Well, <laughs> yeah, you've got to sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hicksy's chimed in with, when is he return to the road to finish off and kick those 100 goals in a season? Do you, <laughs> do you actually see yourself um, ever maybe returning here and playing footy or are you – well, what's the future sort of hold for you? I guess that was one of the questions I was going to say for the end. But where, you know, do you see yourself going into coaching? Do you see yourself continuing to stay over there and playing cricket? You're not sure yet. I don't really know. I haven't really got a crystal ball to look into. To yeah. Sort of. But I think the plan is at the moment to try and stay in the county setup for another couple of years. I'm not ready to finish. I still feel like I've got some good cricket left in me. I'm just sort of I'm I'm in between clubs at the minute. So I finished up with Warwickshire at the end of. The, this season just gone and um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of on the hunt. So I've got a couple of options that I can go down. I can either sort of hopefully if something comes about before I get back there or or I can go back down the trialling route and sort of go back and play some second team cricket and hope for the best with, with some injuries and, and just do some sort of coaching and part-time work along the way. But 
um, yeah, I guess it's a conversation I need to have with me and it's not just me anymore. It's my partner and um, Cassidy, my, my daughter. So she's five months. So I've, yeah, sort of got to make some grown-up decisions now. I haven't, yeah, haven't just <laughs> Can't just fly around there. wherever. Yeah, can't <laughs> fly off a seat in your pants, so. No, that's it. I've actually I've got one here from Jason Statham. I reckon that is a fake name, but we'll go with it anyway. Talk about the difference between the Cricket Australia pathways and the um, ECB pathways, um, which you've gone a, a different route. Sort of. I've never. As I, well. I haven't really gone through either of the pathways, to be yeah. honest. Um, I guess you've you've got your junior levels all the way up until from I don't know what they start under. 14 or 16, I, I'm not 100% sure because I've never really been in it. So yep. uh, I know Warwickshire have an academy and they start at under 10s and they, they'll they play a summer of under 10s and then they'll play a summer or two of under 12s and it goes all the way up to under 19s. Um, but, yeah, in terms, of, in terms of the academy over here, I think you, you know, you'll play for the Northern Riz, which is the area around here, and if, you, if you're good enough, then... You'll get picked in a Vic Country squad in an under 17s and under 19s. I'm not sure whether they do it in under 15 level or not. I don't know. But um, I've done a little bit of coaching work with the Vic Country under 17s and under 19s. But, um, and then you, they go off and they'll play the championships. And then uh, I think it's every second year there's an under 19s World Cup that goes on. And um, yeah, if you, if you perform well enough throughout those, you'll get picked in, a, in a, an Australian squad to go and do that. But um, in terms of yeah, the pathway to Victoria, it has to sort of you do go through that sort of Northern Rivers process and then into the Victorian sort of setup. How many state teams are there? Seven, six, six. So there's only six options here, but like there's county, but then there's like sub county or eighteen. Like, there's eighteen counties. Eighteen counties in England. So and obviously competitive, like they said, they're flicking numbers around. They just send come down for a game, yeah. like yeah, obviously I guess the, like with with the amount of counties there are every county's got a second team so you, you're always looking for for people to be playing and trialing yeah. all the time so um i guess the oppor- opportunities are probably higher over there and you can skip around pretty easily yeah, yeah, like yeah, whereas you're you, not going to drive all the way to sydney if you well, exactly, <laughs> exactly you can move into state but you're it's not, a big move yeah it's a big move and you're not generally promised anything either so it's sort of you've got to do it off your own back where england i think durham from birmingham where i was based is like three and a half four hours so mm. But if if you do go and play that week, they'll put you up in a hotel and they'll look after you for that week. You get paid a day rate and then you go you go back home. So every yeah. day you're there, you are getting getting looked after. And and not to say you don't get looked after in Victoria when you're playing the second team either, either but it's a lot easier um, to, to play second team cricket in England yeah. than to play over here for sure because um, – I guess the squad numbers over here are a lot bigger than what they are there as well because you've just got you've got more people obviously mm. pushing for for spots so you've got guys that yeah they can be a bit more picky yeah mm. yeah um, couldn't thank you enough for your time as well uh, yeah thanks again like I said I was just hopeful that you'd like to come on and um, I'm sure the listeners will absolutely love it but before we finish um, what what bit of advice would you give for anyone out there whether it be for cricket whether it be for playing footy, playing sport, doing a podcast, could be anything to do with business, anything in that sort of an aspect. Do you have anything to sort of take away or advice to sort of go from from there? I guess not give up really because if I sort of look back on my experiences in the cricket, if I, I could have easily given up at 
at the first hurdle or the first sign of trouble and stuff like that. But one of the one of the best bits of advice that I got given was before I moved to Melbourne was that you can always move home. So give it a go and what's the worst thing that'll happen? You'll end up moving home. Like it, mm. home's not that ever that far away. Yeah. Give it a crack and just, you know, don't give up because you never know how you never know what's around the next corner, your big break your big break or your big opportunity or your next big client or something like that could be or your next sponsor for a podcast, whatever it may be, might be just around that next corner. It only takes one interview. It takes one, you know, in, interact, interaction with somebody. You just don't know what, what's out there. And, and unless you give it your all, and you never, you're never really going to know either. So I would say, yeah, don't give up. And, and um, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, don't give up. Like, you mm. never know. Uh, it's a great piece of advice and it's very true. So have you got anything else to add, Shed? Or? No, I think it's been a great, great episode. It's good to see that we're, we've flowed through that nicely, I reckon. Yeah. We're getting better at these. Yeah, it's only taken us about 42, but uh, <laughs> yeah. thanks very much again for your time, mate. And, uh, yeah, well done on being a father as well. It's oh, awesome. Thanks, mate. My pleasure, boys. It's been been a very enjoyable, what, hour or so. So yeah. uh, good stuff. Beautiful. Terrific.